what happened out there, Bill? I done spun. Welcome to the Late to Grid podcast. I am your co-host, Bill Snow. And with Can you me start Bill? over? Why? Because I want to be late. How are you going to do that? Okay. Hey, welcome. Okay, so, so, so anyway, so that was funny, Bill. I thought it'd be funny to do. You need to be late to the podcast, right? Get it? You know, late to the grid, late to the yeah, podcast. Yeah, late to the grid. <laughs> That's so funny. What's going on, man? Hey, how are you? Good. I'm good. What, uh, so what have you been up to this week? Uh, gosh, this week, other than tearing my kitchen apart, uh, uh, which I think I told you about, and I threw my back out last week doing that, so I figured a few, few Advils will always help, but um, I'm trying to get, uh, trying to get my, my workshop organized because uh, winter is here and trying to get you know the cars back in place where I can you know, put them in. Um, moving a few things around, but um, I got my dad's uh, my dad's old Jaguar out, uh, 1974 red Jaguar. You 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 know that car and um, remember that one. Um, I had uh, had it in storage, and I had a battery charger hooked up to the wall, and I had that battery charger hooked up to a battery on the floor, and then from that battery, I had a, an in-car rodent uh, deterrent mechanism because it has to run off of 12 volt. So I just had that stuck to the wall in the storage unit. Um, and and uh, so every time I would come up to the storage unit, as I'm opening up the door, I hear this. And that's not a Tomcat, you know? That was the thing, that's the thing making these crazy noises, which no supposedly chases away the mice. What I didn't do was I didn't put a trickle charger on the car itself. So of course, when I get in to drive it, you know, the tires are low, batteries low. So I just, you know, hooked up some jumper cables from the, the rat battery to the car, started it up. Uh, you know, the 74 um, still uses the choke. So you're, and there's smoke going everywhere and, you know, you have carbon exhaust and, uh, um, but yeah, so I pulled that out. Um, still ran like a champ, still looks good. Still smells like new leather. Um, put that in the trailer and now it's sitting in the trailer. And I got to figure out, you know, I got to make some room in the in the barn for that. Yeah. So what what are the plans to that? What are you going to do to it? Well, one of the things that it needs, um, you know, it, a few years ago it needed a starter, and the conversation with uh, Earl down at, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember the name of his shop, is you know, I, I, it, it could cost you thousands of dollars, or it can cost you two hundred dollars. I'm like, well, tell me the difference. He says, well, the thousands of dollars means we have to take the full exhaust off, we have to take some of the suspension off do all this other, and I said, okay, so what's the $200 you know, option? We just cut a hole in the exhaust, pull the starter down, pop a new starter up, and I weld the thing back on. I said, I'll take the $200. Uh, <laughs> but the, the weld wasn't perfect, so it, it's got a bit of a, a leak to it. Um, so it's got a bit of a sound, and the smell drives me crazy. So uh, mm. that's that's the key thing I got to get done with that. But otherwise, you know, I mean, the car's in really you know pretty good shape. And like you always say, you just got to remember to drive it, because the more you drive it, the better it runs. Just like us. Yeah. yeah. Like so, um, so, you know, that, that's, that's uh, been fun. And in the same storage unit, I'm, I'm basically trying to clear out that storage unit. I pulled out um, the 89944 uh, race car, which, um, and all the body panels that still have to go on, on it. So I moved that to, to the warehouse, put a cover on it, and then I placed the plastic windshield on top of the cover. And I placed the, the you know, the fiberglass 
roof on top of the cover and I placed the back window on top of the cover. So it looks like it has all the parts, you know, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like when you go in for plastic surgery and they draw all over your face and stuff. Yeah. So that those, the, those windows represent all the drawing that need to go on um, that thing. So that's a project, you know, we worked on that a little bit before, but that's something I, I want to get, you know, up and running and, and out and see how that thing runs. What, what are you, what are you up to these days, my friend? Um, so this is a lot of year-end business planning, but I just built a cart to move, like a dolly, to move the white RX-7 shell inside. Mm -hmm. uh, so now all three RX-7s are in the same, they're, they're lined up right next to each other. Um, and then I built a, uh, I built a sim, I'll call it a sim rig, so I can play my, my racing games. Uh, I actually took the quirky seat out of out of the green RX-7 and built this uh, little apparatus so I could have some fun playing my driving games. What did you call it? What what seat? The Kirky, that aluminum Kirk seat. Kirky, that's Kirk amazing. Is that the, oh, that's the brand. I thought yeah. I thought it was like cro yeah. crooked or something. Okay. It could be crooked, um, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, it, it actually works out pretty well. And um, so I'm looking for an eye racing setup as well. We'll see if I actually do that. But I have to get cracking on the uh on the rx7 so actually uh the day we're recording this is uh the 23rd so i think christmas eve i'm gonna spend some time back in that shop and get it organized it's got to get cleaner and then uh that way i can start taking the the green car apart and then getting the the white one prepped and ready so what's the what's the plan what's the plan you know you said there's there's you've got three i, I remember the white and the green i don't know that i remember a a third there's a blue one that's basically a complete rx7 although it's got some undercarriage damage to it um yeah so the blue one i don't know it's just just under under two tar two covers inside the shop we'll see what that turns into but basically the green is going to get stripped out and everything from the green rx7 is going into the white rx7 um okay. and then yeah, the goal would be to have it done in uh, late March and um, ready for some track days and maybe some NASA events and um, nice. maybe some SCCA events. We'll see. That's fun. That's fun. And uh, you said you said Sheila's aware of these three cars or no? <laughs> she is plus, not. Plus, isn't, what's that behind you? That looks like another RX-7. That is my Miata. Oh, a Miata. That's a Nissan? <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason he's on the comedy circuit folks um that is uh yeah that's i picked it up o2 southern car um that's it out at nelson ledges i took it to one of the wednesday wonderful wednesday events out there at nelson ledges so had a great time um pushed it about as far as far as i could without a seat and harness um just kind of slipping around a bit and um yeah so that actually that's another project for the winter. Um, got a small oil leak I'm chasing. Might be a rear main. So very well. Could be doing some work to that. Seat upgrade, harnesses. And then uh, we did coilovers on it. This Olean coilovers on it. Um, oh, nice. Okay. Two wheels, RE71s on the, um, on the Sparco wheels. Uh, roll bar, harness bar, sway bars, adjustable sway bars all the way around. Hmm. I didn't realize you did that much on it. That's pretty cool. I did. Very fun. Yeah. Very fun. <laughs> Very fun. 
Um, so, hey, in this episode, we're going to be talking about our trip to Autobahn Country Club. So for those that don't know what the Autobahn Country Club is, what is it, John? Autobahn Country Club uh, is, uh, is kind of like it sounds like. It's a country club, except instead of golf course, you have a racetrack. Um, and what's really fun about it, you know, a lot of people uh, live on golf courses and, you know, where do you live? Oh, I live on tee box number 10, or I live on, you know, the 12th fairway. Uh, um, and uh, here, you know, people build houses and, and these massive garages that, you know, they call them garage mahals. Um, and, and they're on, you know, turn four. So very similar, these great, great, uh, um, you know, condo buildings that have living quarters and stuff and, and, you know, great balconies and stuff to view up on the second or third floor. And then the first floor is nothing but garages. Um, and uh, Autobahn was started, gosh, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly, you know, 20 years ago now, maybe, um, by a couple of guys who liked racing and, and uh, you know, in Chicago. And we're just, they just wanted their own place to go. So they got together and built a track. And, um, you know, in, in my business with automotive events, we're always looking for new venues um, that we can use for events. Um, and a lot of times we, we need a racetrack. You know, we want to put a car out there and, and you know, let people experience it um, in a race setting that's a safe setting. But we need, you know, we need catering. We need, um, you know, car, uh, um, you know, garages to put cars in to store them and fix them. Um, we need meeting space. So Autobahn was very smart when they built themselves because they built, you know, if you're not familiar, they built a big track, but they can cut it in half. So the north track and the south track. So, you know, on most days, uh, one of the tracks is reserved for members and, and they're, you know, for lapping and things like that. And then the other track is reserved, you know, to rent out to, you know, event companies like us or uh, manufacturers or, uh, you know, uh, people who need to do testing and things like that. Um, and then uh, also they, you know, a lot of, do a lot of consumer events out there. So it's very smart the way they built it. Um, they have a great clubhouse that was just uh, redone, great catering. You know, it's just a, it's a smart, um, smart design, uh, you know, and there's some others that have popped up. Uh, Monticello is another similar um, country club approach that's uh, near New York City. M1 is another one that's popped up um, uh, in Detroit. So I think what, uh, you know, what these guys have found, you know, is that it, there's a want for just like a golf course, you know, hey, I, I have time this afternoon, I'm going to go, you know, hit the links. And in this case, you know, they, they just uh, instead, you know, go hit the, hit the racetrack. Garage, they have garages you can rent. So you can literally leave your car there. Um, you know, you just, just uh, show up and, and grab your car and head out for a few laps and, you know, um, head home for dinner. So it's, uh, you know, it, it's a lot of fun uh, as a great concept. And, you know, as, as you said, we, we went up there a few weeks ago and uh, I hadn't been there in a while. So it was, it was kind of nice to, to see some of the changes and, you know, get, uh, get the car back out on the track. Um, and it was, uh, you know, it was kind of fun to, you know, we got to set up the garage and play with some tools and, um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, I, that was your first time out there, right? It was. Yeah. yeah. So what, what did you think? What was your, what'd you think? Uh, extremely impressive. Um, just a nice layout, uh, great folks from, uh, you know, I arrived, uh, <laughs> I arrived a few minutes before you. You know, uh, you and I left the night before separately, and I don't think we had, I don't think either of us were on the road. I maybe hit on the road at seven at night. You were, yeah. you were an hour or so after me. Yeah, and it's about a 
six hour drive kind of. <clears throat> yeah. So talk about late think you grid or procrastination. <laughs> I mean, right. you, you and I were still, uh, still loading the car up and still packing and, and still gathering stuff. And, um, but then we, we decided to, to separately, uh, I, I crashed at a rest stop and you did too, a different one. Um, but anyways, we, we arrived what, uh, Thursday morning and, um, yeah, you know, I got greeted. It was a very impressive complex. It, uh, I had, I was worried about noise restrictions. This place is really in the middle of, uh, was there Corey on one side, dump on another, uh, modal, intermodal transit thing on the other side. So it, there's no one living near there. There's no noise yeah. concerns. There's trucks going, I mean, there's trucks going by constantly. It's, it's the transportation, uh, you know, shipping logistics that's out there is crazy. Um, oh, there's a prison nearby as well. You should know. Yes. Yeah. But it, it was great. Um, the, you know, great garages, great people, uh, nice facility, very welcoming. Um, spent the time with us to say, hey, here's, here's what we got going on. Here's to do it. What questions do you have? Um, yeah. And I wanted to get out there because the green RX-7 um, has not been on a track for 10 years, hasn't run in over nine years. Uh, probably close to 10 years. I got it running and got it aligned and got it put back together. And I needed to, I needed to shake it down to make sure it ran, make sure it started, stopped, steered, handled well, which it did. Yeah. So, yeah. No, it looks good. Yeah. So, um, and you had, and tell us about the BMW you had out there. So my BMW is, uh, is an 01. Um, so an E46 M3. And uh, I bought it from a guy in Florida. Oh gosh, probably maybe 2015. Um, it was a salvage. Uh, it had some, you know, had been in an accident, uh, which was perfect because I ended up taking most of, you know, I took all the interior out. Um, it just had a had a cage put in, uh, you know, over over the over last winter. And similar to the RX, you know, I hadn't had it on a track since I had a lot of that stuff done. Um, you know, the, so. Uh, uh, still, you know, still a work in progress, but, you know, got some great um, Bilstein coilovers on it, um, upgraded suspension parts, uh, a nice, uh, nice burbly exhaust on there, um, you know, race seat and, and, and steering wheel and all that stuff. So um, it's a lot of fun and I've always enjoyed driving it, but it's, uh, it's probably been 2016 since I had it on the track and the last track was actually Autobahn. So... That was fun. That was that was a lot of fun to get it up there, and and um, you know, it's one of those things where I'm always working on something. So I'm like, oh, I'll go racing next weekend because let me fix this, let me work on that, uh, and and I just never get it. And so it was nice that you you pushed and said, let's do it. We got a, a you know this this nice weekend. What was cool was the Autobahn recognized the weather as well because they had actually closed the week before for the season, and then when they saw the weather coming up uh, for that first week in November, they said we're going to stay open. You know, we'll stay open through Sunday. So um, that, that was perfect for us, you know, um, and the car, the car ran great. I mean, uh, uh, I heard a few things here and there, but I don't, you know, it seemed like it was fine, you know, lift, put it up on the lift and didn't see anything major. Um, what's nice is there, you know, there, there's guys out there that, that, uh, there's workshops out there that I can have, um, have them take a look at it, you know, not just for, you know, basic maintenance, but also, um, you know, upgrades and, uh, things like that, especially, you know, you, you mentioned wanting to get into some NASA races next year, um, and, uh, you know, there's certain specifications that I'm probably not even aware of, um, you know, for my car, if I wanted to do that, uh, but, uh, you know, mo mostly safety stuff, you know, I bought a, um, 
I bought a uh, Fireline, um, you know, uh, fire system for the car. Uh, so I need to get that installed. I need to get um, the, uh, you know, the kill switch installed and stuff like that. So some basic stuff, but you know, those things take time and you, you got to do them just right. Um, but it, you know, it was great. It was great to put it on the track. You know, the, the, the guy at the starting grid, um, uh, you know, w was great. He, you know, he knew that we were kind of new there, um, you know, kind of gave us the lay of the land. And after a few laps, uh, he stopped me, you know, as we were going up to the starting grid again. And I, he said, I, I think this is yours. And he hands me, you know, a, a reflector, you know, a, the M3 reflector that comes off the front uh, left wing. And I'm like, you know what? I remember seeing something fly off the car after, you know, turn two, but I just figured it was, you know, debris or something. He says, no, no, one of the corner workers picked this up and here it is. I'm like, uh, no. will, you, will you hang on to it for me until I come back? Cause it'll probably go flying again. So, uh, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't even know the thing fell off, but, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, what's fun about that, you know, getting out there is, you know, you mentioned about having, you know, getting ready, prepping all your stuff. Mm -hmm. and, and basically, it's almost like you want to take your garage and just dump it into your trailer, because then you have everything. Um, you just don't know what you're going to need. And, uh, um, you know, luckily, uh, you know, I had some, some epoxy or whatever, and I could just pop that thing back in and no big deal. But that's, yeah, that's minor in terms of, uh, you know, what could happen out there. But uh, yeah, it, it's fun. I, I really like getting a chance to get that car back out there shaking it out like you said yeah and it handled well i think so yeah um you know the thing that i talked to you about is you know the the air pressure you know the tire pressures uh and you said as i'm as i'm you know firing up and got my big smile on and my helmet on and i'm ready to go and you, you said you know what are your tire pressures at i'm like oh, i don't know they're full <laughs> and you know i'm not not really truly understanding <clears throat> that i you know you want to get the pre uh, pressure, you want to get the after pressure and see where the changes are and, you know, why is the front right tire hotter than the, you know, the, the front left, um, you know, checking your inside, uh, uh, you know, inside wear, outside wear, you know, so a lot of that stuff uh, was, you know, as silly as it sounds, but kind of new to me, you know, before, you know, we would just do some track nights and stuff and get out there and just, you know, run it and it seemed pretty good and you put it back in the trailer and go home. Mm -hmm. um, so, learning how to be more um, a part of the car uh, and, and making sure that the car is performing best, um, especially, you know, when you can spend a day or two at a track, you know, you can go in and have some fun, but then also, you know, to be able to spend some time and say, let me understand how this car is operating under this, you know, in the morning when it's cool, in the afternoon when it's hot. Um, what if I change the pressures, you know, from 28 to 30 you know, what happens? Uh, and I, you know, I did that at one point during one of the sessions, I changed them. I don't remember exactly what it was, but, and I noticed the, that it handled better around some of the corners. The squealing was a little bit less, you know, and of course I blame the squealing on, you know, the change in tarmac, but um, I'm, I'm also told that that's probably not true. It's probably a driving problem. Um, but, you know, it could be suspension. Uh, you know, the, like I said, the guys out at the track, um, the mechanics and the technicians out there can, you know, easily look at that and say, yeah, you can, you need to tweak this and that's going to perform better on this track. Um, so it, it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. And I just always, I just love that car. I just love driving it. I love the way it feels. Uh, I love the way it shifts. Um, and it's, it's really solid now uh, with that cage in there. It's just, um, yeah, it's, it's good. Uh, so, you know, what did, what was your thought on the green RX-7? Would you, how'd you feel on that? Yeah, you know, it, um, it, 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 it handled better than I thought. I, you know, I, I was expecting to go out there and, 
and push it, you know, only going six, maybe five or six tenths. And, um, you know, just, just making sure it felt good and it, it handled well and it was safe and the braking was good. It actually has an adjustable brake bias that um, I played with a little bit and it just, it didn't seem to make any changes. Um, I was trying to, you know, one extreme to the other, can I get the fronts to lock? Can I get the rears to lock? Um, it never, never really changed. So I might, when I swap everything over to the white car, I may omit that bias adjuster. Um, and um, yeah, see, see how it goes. The only reason that that was installed by the previous owner was they were fighting a, uh, they were fighting a little bit of what they thought was a brake issue. Um, but it turned out to be, I think it was something with the suspension um, that they were able to uh, soften up a little bit. So what does that brake bias do? I don't, I don't understand. What does that so, do? Um, you could, you could set the bias to put more braking uh, pressure to the front or to the rear. So, you know, in certain, certain tracks, you might want more braking up front um, or you might want it in the rear. You might change it actually as you're driving, as the fuel load lightens, um, just to have the car handle a different way. So you can adjust it at, like on track while you're driving. Yeah, the handle's right next, right next to the gear shift. So you're going into turn two it, it, and you need more pressure on the front, but as you go into the, you know, the back uh, straight, you might want different pressure. Is that kind of how it works? You could, you probably wouldn't adjust it that much during the, but you would, you would get it set generally for the track and then leave it there for the whole day. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, I started to push it more and more. Um, it, um, it handled well. Um, it, 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 it was a blast to drive. Uh, you know, you gotta keep the RPMs up on that to get the, to get the torque out of it. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was just a blast. You know, it was a little, took a little bit of time to figure out the track. Um, one thing I didn't consider at first was, you know, just throwing away, I think it's corner one, two, three, I think you kind of throw away corner four. So to, for a better setup for five and six, yeah, um, yeah. it took a while to figure that that part of it out um but um you know towards the end of the day on thursday which was our first day there um i noticed a little bit of an oil leak on the firewall area so i had taken the oil pressure and this will set up for our, our evening fun that night I, I i disconnected the oil pressure line that went from the oil filter housing to the to the gauge in the car but the the filter, uh, the adapter that goes in the filter housing had uh, had stripped out. It was a like a brass a brass fitting in an aluminum housing that just wouldn't go back in. So you and I departed the track once once we'd wrapped up for the day and, and went on a mission to to find a Home Depot. We found a an O'Reilly. Did we go to an AutoZone too? Yeah, I think we went to AutoZone and O'Reilly as well. Yeah, trying to find everything we needed. We bought a bunch of oil to put back in the car. And then uh, did we get dinner while we were out? No, uh, we made dinner. I made dinner in the van. That's right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. I, I talk about being prepared for everything. My, my van uh, is a 16 is a Sprinter. And, uh, you know, I've been converting it to a camper for a long time. Um, and uh, because I use it for so many different things, I, I haven't locked it, you know, locked it down specifically. So I have lots of kind of modular stuff, but uh, I had brought pasta sauce and pasta and, you know, I have a microwave in there. So I figured I was, 
you know, as I was boiling the, the noodles on the little gas stove that I have, um, I figured I'd pop the, uh, the sauce in the microwave and I popped it in there, pushed the button, it goes, you know, kind of like my, my 1980 Oldsmobile did every Monday morning on the way to school. Um, and so I'm like, uh, that's not going to work. So I don't know what happened with that, um, but I didn't have another pot. So <laughs> my uh, handy dandy uh, percolator coffee pot that you put right on the burner, threw my sauce in there, cooked it up. Um, I think you've got a picture of that somewhere. Um, I, do. I do. But uh, I took the microwave apart the other day and found out that the little little sort of triangle thing in the middle that, that turns the, the glass plate, um, that had a screw or something that had fallen in, into it after I, I took the feet off so it would fit in the cabinet. So took that thing apart, fixed it, and now it works, works like wonders. Well, that's good news. Yeah. So we had a nice pasta dinner, nice Italian food. Um, I think you were working on your car and I was making dinner. It was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we, as we were driving around uh, that area, I was doing an, I was doing a telephone. Uh, I dialed into a, a automotive repair talk show back in Cleveland. So you graciously drove the truck while we made our rounds, picked up some ice and the other stuff that we needed. And then, uh, yeah, that evening after dinner, I, I went through boxes and boxes and boxes of nuts and bolts for the RX-7, got them all sorted. So it was a very productive evening for me. I think I watched Netflix and fell asleep in the van with the heater running. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then Friday, um, gosh, Friday, we were back on track after a while. Um, and what's cool is they have the, um, they have the cafe. So we had lunch at the cafe both days. Right. That was I made good. coffee and, and uh, uh, coffee and stuff in the, in the van, which was nice. Mm -hmm. um, I think you were, you were on another call at four o'clock in the morning or something crazy like that. <laughs> um, but um, the, so the RX seven, I know, I know you built it for track, but, but is it, is it capable of off-roading as well? Well, John, it's uh, it's funny you, you, you mentioned that. So um yeah, you know, uh, so a quick, this is, a, this is a great, great part of the story. So on, on Thursday, after coming in, I think from the first session, after I, I jumped out, got my, my suit off, my phone is ringing, and it's the previous owner of the RX-7 calling me. He has no idea that I'm, I'm at Autobahn with the RX-7, and he's calling. And I, I said, you're never going to guess what I'm doing right now. Um, so we talked about the car a little bit and he said, he, he asked me about the track and the runoff area. And I said, there's plenty of runoff. There's, there's plenty of places you can go. If you go off track, he's like, you got to push the snot out of the car. Just push it, push it, push it till you find the limit and then back off. I said, well, Gary, I said, that's not really why I'm out here. I just want to, I want to <laughs> make sure it's safe and that I feel comfortable with it. I really, did, the, the seat is a 20 degree lean back seat, not adjustable. Um, so I didn't, it felt comfortable enough to drive. I don't know that I, it felt comfortable enough to push it to 10 tenths. But uh, so on day two, Gary is in my mind saying, you know, push it. You got plenty of runoff. It, it, it's been dry. So, you know, you're not gonna get stuck in the mud or anything. Um, and I had new hand cooks that we, these uh, RS4s or R4Ss, whatever they are, it handled great. Those tires just, I've never run those before. I'm always on the RE71s and they, they did. They, they were nice and sticky. So anyways, I'm pushing, I'm pushing, I'm pushing. And uh, I, um, we're going into, um, I forget what turn it is, but uh, 
I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go in a little deeper, going a little hotter. I know my turn in point. And then I, I'm off the gas, I'm onto the brake and doesn't it loop around? And I'm thinking, damn it, why did you push it so hard? And, um, and uh, I couldn't catch it enough to keep it running. So it stalled, um, got it around straight into the grass. And then uh, I came to a stop and I'm trying to fire it up and it won't fire back up. Um, matter of fact, you know, in, in typical fashion, I've got some sort of battery connection issue. Um, there's, <laughs> there's a junction box under the hood um, where I have a bunch of wires coming in uh, for the main, main ignition feed. And I knew it, I knew it wasn't in great shape. Uh, it was enough, enough to get us through this, this week uh, that we were out there those two days, but now, now I can't get, I can't even get any juice, no fire, no, no crank. So I make, you know, making eye contact with the, uh, with the corner worker to know that, Hey, I'm okay. I, I, and I know you, you see me. Meanwhile, I can tell my rear view mirror, uh, I'm, I'm seeing other cars come into the grassy area. I'm thinking, well, shoot, you know, are they not slowing them down? Did they not throw the yellow soon enough? Whatever. Um, so sure enough, everyone gets, gets going again, except for me. And then the, um, one of the, the safety vehicles comes over to do the same thing. Are you okay? Is everything good? Yep. Yep. What happened? I don't know. Rear end came around on me. They said, well, there's a pretty good oil slick coming into the turn. Pretty sure you, you know, you lost, you lost some oil. I said, okay, could, could be. <laughs> um, and so, um, they said, do you want to tow or drive back? I said, why? Well, and then I was able to get it started. Um, right before he came over. Um, but they said, listen, we don't want you to put down any other, any other oil if it's you. So shut it down. I said, well, I said, if it's, if it's a free tow, I'll take the tow or, or I can try to nurse it back. I, you know, I had no idea what was going on. And since, since I disconnected that oil pressure switch, I didn't know if I had oil pressure or not. I mean, didn't know. Yeah. yeah. So they're cleaning up the track. I'm thinking, oh shoot, here comes a big, you know, Hey, we use 20, you know, 20 pails of uh, oil dry. Here's your, here's your invoice. Um, but they ended up, uh, towing me back. We'll, we'll put some of that footage here that you graciously took. Uh, uh, they towed me back, but at one point the guy says, I don't think this is your oil because it, the oil is all over the front of your car. Somebody else must've laid this down. I said, okay, I, I'm good with that. Yeah. Um, did you, did you get them to record that? Uh, I, on... I should have, I should have yeah, said, right. uh, but the tow guys were great. They, they got the car up, uh, up and back on the flatbed. I got the ride in the back. That was pretty, pretty embarrassing, but um, sure enough, it was my oil. Um, one of the oil cooler lines near where the line goes into the oil cooler up by the radiator. I haven't taken it apart. I don't know if it, if it cracked, sprung a leak, broke off or what, but uh, unfortunately it was my oil. I know I ruined the session for everybody else, but um, that's how my day ended. Well, it was entertaining. It was entertaining because, uh, uh, you know, I was, I was uh, a car or two behind you. And when I came into that corner, I saw you. And then I saw uh, another, I think it was a Miata, uh, had also ended up in the grass. And I'm not sure if, I think he spun. Well, I came into that corner and then I, and then I panicked. And the next thing you know, I'm in the grass spinning. Uh, and I, you know, I looked at him and I said, are you okay? I looked over at you, are you okay? And then I just, you know, I just moved on. Um, but I, going back to, you know, going back to the pit and to the, to the starting grid, uh, <clears throat> you know, I was just kind of waiting to see. And I, you know, Bill, you, you said they may have used, you know, a few, few pails of uh, oil, oil cleanup. I, there must've been 20 guys. There was a guy that came with the, you know, two guys that came in the wrecker. 
There was another guy that came in a in a bulldozer. So I'm not sure what they were anticipating. And of course, you're like at turn eight. So of course, they have to go, uh, you know, proper direction on the track. So they can't just cut over there. They're going full on the track. You know, you can hear hear the guy squealing their tires on you know turn three. Then there's another, uh, like, uh, like a Cushman or, uh, or something that has um, uh, the, 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 uh, like the big uh, spinning wheel on the front to like clean up you know, messes, kind of like a street yep. cleaner. There's another guy coming behind him with a trailer, which probably has the, the cleanup uh, you know, dust stuff. And then there were two guys on a, on a quad going out there. So you know, I, I don't know if they just go out there anticipating the worst, but um, uh, you know, uh, I'm gonna. I'll talk to Mark Basso, who you know, who's the president and co-founder of Autobahn, and um, he's been asking me. He's been asking me, who do I send the bill to? <laughs> so I, I, you know, I wouldn't worry about paying for a few pounds of uh, uh, of oil cleanup. I think it's the man hours you're gonna end paying for. Those guys were really nice, but uh, you know, four guys to load one car. So you know how it is. A lot of manpower <laughs> down there. I, I, I kept uh, that suburb of Chicago uh, employed for the day. Yeah, it, it was it was cool though how quick they were to you know and, and you expect this at any track but it's it's great to see it in action and how quick they were to respond, how professional they were, uh, you know the one thing that uh, we talked about afterwards was you know you um, you were very professional in the way you handled it with them too so you know, not getting out of the car which is smart you know don't get out of the car when you're on yeah. when you're on a live track um, you know obviously unless there's you know a, a dangerous situation with the car that you're you know like if you're on fire you want to get the heck out. Uh, you know, we saw that recently with one of the F1 drivers who escaped, uh, you know, a fiery crash. Um, but, you know, you want to maintain safety and, and make an eye contact with the corner workers is brilliant because, you know, they want to know, are you okay? And, and can, can convey, hey, you know, we need to get, you know, uh, somebody out there. The one thing that I didn't see um, was, you know, obviously we didn't see an ambulance. Um, you know, the guys in, in the fire safety vehicle are, are trained, but, you know, not to have that, that rig roll, roll out. There was a nice thing to not see, not you know, not being able to see where you were, um, you know, part of me wanted to, you know, drive out there, you know, just to videotape the whole nonsense, but, but they wouldn't let me do that. So. I'm, I'm glad he didn't. I'm glad he didn't. <laughs> I was a little embarrassed. Um, but um, yeah, nobody, nobody got hurt. And, uh, and that, that was it. That was the second to last session on Friday. So, so uh, we didn't lose uh, a whole lot of track time. Um, we would have just had one more session on, on track. So it gave us a, an early start back to Cleveland, um, get everything wrapped up and cleaned up and get your garage all tidied up and, and then back. So I really appreciate the invitation and, and hosting me out there. That was a, a great time. Can't, yeah. can't wait to go back. Hint, hint. That was, that was fun <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, maybe I'll, I'll reach out to Mark, uh, Mark Basso at Autobahn and, um, see if he can join us on one of our next podcasts. That'd be uh, awesome. You know, talk about, you know, especially with, uh, you know, with, with COVID happening now, um, so many things are either shut down or changed in terms of how things are run. So it'd be interesting to kind of hear from him, uh, you know, on that side of the industry, uh, what he's seeing, uh, you know, both, both what he's seen in the past that's happened and is he, is he seeing anything, you know, uh, sort of coming up for, for, the, for the next season, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully some positive changes, but um, it's always interesting to hear from other people how they're dealing with this. Yeah, no, I think that's a great idea. Um, you know, I just, I was reminded of a funny story about, uh, about the trip there. So on Thursday morning, I'm in the parking lot. I've already checked in with the staff there and I'm waiting in my truck for you. You're just a little bit behind me. And um, 
So I jump on my laptop just to get a couple couple work things done. And I've got the window of my truck down a little bit for some fresh air. And a couple other guys who are there, I believe, for a Porsche event come over to my truck. And uh, I'm like, hey, guys, how's it going? They're like, good. You know, uh, that, that's a cool car you have on the trailer. I said, oh, thank you very much. And um, they said, do you mind if we if we go back and, and check it out? I said, no, 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 no that, that's fine. And they said, uh, yeah, what, what your Nissan is that? <laughs> What 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 your Nissan is it, Bill? It, well, I'm not really sure. It's a Mazda, um, <laughs> and uh, they they seemed very very perplexed, and then and then had no interest in looking at it. Oh oh, interesting. Well, they <laughs> yeah, were so, they were headed into to drive probably the 2021 uh, Porsche lineup as well. Yeah. So yeah, um, and the the other funny thing is that as I'm sitting there with one of the corner workers um, off off track. Um, you know, I did get the car to run for, for a couple seconds. And uh, he said, well, it's good news. The good news is it's not knocking. So you probably didn't lose that much oil. And I said, well, well, it is a rotary. So <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't necessarily be knocking uh, with, with, too, with low oil. So. Um, so that's good. Well, I think this is a great, uh, a great first episode, John. It was great uh, reliving that, that fun time with you. What do you think? I think it was great. Yeah, it's, uh, I enjoyed it and look forward to Honestly, I look forward to doing more of those track days next year. Um, you know, now that, we, now that we've got the cars kind of uh, got a plan with the cars, I think that'll be that'll be great. Look forward to it, man. Yeah, um, we we should talk about um, you know uh, next next time uh, you know maybe talk about uh, NASA and and you know racing with those guys. Um, that'd be interesting to kind of get an idea of what you your plan is, and um, you know I'm always learning more stuff, so. Uh, it'd be interesting, but that seems like a pretty good organization and, and they do a lot of different uh, type of events. Yeah, they do. And actually I have a, a couple of contacts, so I will be reaching out to them to see if they can, we can get them on an upcoming episode. And um, yeah, so thanks very much for everyone for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode of Late to Grid and uh, take care. Yeah. Thanks, Bill. See you soon. Yeah.